We welcome you this morning to our Defeating the Giant series. This morning's title is Give Me This Mountain. Come on, say, Give Me This Mountain. I'm going to read to you from Joshua 14. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgad, and Caleb came saying, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. Someone say, spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. That's important. Caleb is a giant killer. Really? He's more of a giant drive them off my land person. So look at your neighbor and say, sometimes you don't even have to kill them. You just drive them out of there. Come on. And he said, as it was in my heart. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. We can't even wait 45 minutes. Come on, somebody. He waited 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while in Israel, while we wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. Everybody off of over 50, give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. I was reading to one of my ministry friends yesterday that's in my same age bracket, and I didn't bring it this morning, Brother Perry, but it was so good. It talked about the height of your life is 60 to 80. Come on, somebody. How many presidents are in that age category? How many popes? I thought, I have just begun. I'll be 61 this Wednesday, but it's just beginning. Come on, somebody. 45 years since the Lord spoke to me. Now I'm 85. As yet... I am as strong on this day than the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. Come on. I want to know what Caleb was eating. Come on, somebody. Both for going out and coming in and for war. Now, therefore, give me this mountain which the Lord spoke to me. And I believe, he said, the Lord will be with me and I will Drive them out of the land as the Lord said. Someone say, give me this mountain. Look at your neighbor and say, give me this mountain. And in the words of one of my ministry friends who happens to be in this room, I will quote him as he said to me a couple months ago in a text when we were talking about giant killers. Age doesn't matter for giant killers. David was 17, but Caleb ran those giants off the mountain at 85. David used a rock and a rag, and Caleb used his mouth and his faith. Imagine the giants packing up and heading south because an old wilderness man was claiming the mountain. Come on, somebody. Psalm 60 and 12 says, with God's help, we will do mighty things. Say it with me. With God's help, we will do mighty things. Say it again. With God's help, we will do mighty things. All right, Caleb, let's pray. Father, we welcome your Holy Spirit. Speak through your servant and speak what I don't even say. Whisper into the ears of men and women. It's all about you and your people. Come, Holy Spirit, in your strength and your power and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Say again, give me this mountain. And my subtitle comes from another friend who happens to be in this room. I have several that we text each other sermon thoughts. I'm not telling you everything his wife has told me. I'll, I'll give her a break this morning, but she's helped me, giving me a lot of ideas. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for my friends. And I have lots of friends, I thank God. There is something, say there is something 
worth waiting for. Something worth waiting for. Morris Chapman in 1950s, African-American, living in a poverty situation in racial prejudice. But he had a gift. His mountain was his gift. And he believed with all of his heart that God would use this mountain in his life. He wanted that mountain to bring healing. But he was living in a time where there was poverty, racial oppression, and closed doors. But God had a plan. Can you say amen? An opening came for him to go to a church. And some of you that have done some itinerant ministry will recognize this. He drove a long way and took all the money he had. He was a janitor trying to get through, trying to pay the bills of his family. He drove to sing and to play. When it was over, God used him mildly. They gave him a check, a love offering, so small it didn't even cover his gas. He had used all of his money to get there. He came home defeated. The mountain he felt he was promised to be a psalmist looked like it was not going to happen. A psalmist who would bring healing to a broken generation. He came back into his house defeated, threw his keys on the table in his modest home, sat down and said, I am done. Anybody ever been there? I am done. The Lord said, sit down, Morris. Fine, I am sitting down. No, go sit at the piano. That's the last thing Morris wanted to do, was to go put his hands on the key. But he sensed God would not be talked out of what God would not be talked out of. Can I get an amen? He sat down in pity. He sat down in resignation. He sat down in defeat. How can this mountain be moved? It's impossible. It never will be. The long trip cost him everything he had. But then, someone say, but then, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Morris. As the Spirit has been known to do. Has anyone else in this room ever had, you don't even know what to call it, but you knew God came rushing in. You knew the Holy Spirit came upon you. And you knew it was Him. David said, I was pushed back and about to fall, but then the Lord sustained me. His hands went on the keys. Sometimes I think the angels just push us forward when we have lost our faith. Can I get an amen? I think sometimes heaven walks in. I think sometimes it's like King David when he was trying to bring the ark in and it stumbled and someone died and it was terrible. And David just stood back. And I've been here before and said, the glory is too messy. Helping people is too messy. Doing kingdom work is doing messy. I forgave that blonde haired girl that worked with me and now she's eating me up like a dog. Can I get an amen? I'm done. Someone say I'm done. But we know in that moment David said I'm not even going to take the ark. And little Obed-Edom pushed through the crowd. He was a servant of the Lord. He was so less conscious of himself. Which to do the works of God, we got to stop worrying about what we look like, what we sound like, what we are like. And we've got to say, I want to be less conscious of what this looks like and more conscious of who God is. Somebody give him praise. And he saw the glory. It's not the message this morning on Obed-Enam's family. And then he said, I'm going to go back and get that ark. I think there's moments in your life that you say, I'm done being kind. 
I'm just going to break this down to where you live. It's not a room full of preachers. I'm done with pain. I'm done with betrayal. I'm done with disappointment. I'm done with failure. You step out, you do something, and then you just say, I can't do this again. But David said, I'm going to bring the ark back. And when he did, there's going to be a moments, and there's been moments in my life when the Holy Spirit said, Rhonda, you better get your boots back on. No, I'm done. Oh, I turned in my resignation to Pastor Hank. One time he goes, do I have anything to say? I said, no. No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Not with him. I was done with what I was called to do. Look at your neighbor and say, that's okay. Because Pastor Hank would just drink his coffee in his non-mystical way, never saying anything. And I knew he was talking to God. Oh, he irritated me because he made no fanfare about his inter- relationship with God. With a cup of coffee, his eyes looking out the window, popping his knuckles. I said, are you down there popping your knuckles praying for me? He said, what's the right answer to that question? I said, never mind. But I knew it was. But then I'd say, I'm going to try again. And then we find ourselves, and we find ourselves with our hands on the keys, not of a piano, but back in the place we know God has called us to do. In that moment, that's when you know something greater is in you. That's why heaven is pushing you forward. That's when you know something mighty is in you. That's when heaven puts in. You don't even know that he's coming. The disciples had locked themselves up about this time period right now in a room for fear because Jesus died at Calvary they had locked the doors for fear but he, they didn't even crack a window they didn't even send out an invitation and all of a sudden brother Gerald the scripture says in the book of John that Jesus came walking through the walls that were locked for fear my Jesus can come through locked walls he can come through locked doors he can do what no man can do somebody may have locked the door on your marriage locked the door on your job lock the door on your ministry lock the door on your self-esteem but Jesus thinks he is Jesus all by himself and he will walk through that door and say peace be unto you somebody give him a praise in this house he walked right through and he will walk right through the walls I have built in you as well pick you up and get you back on your feet again that you may know what he has put inside of you, that you may know the glory that will come through you. So heaven comes to get you back in the game, to get you back in life. Morris Chapman started on the keys, and he felt the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, he felt himself playing a song he'd never heard. I'm going to tell you, when you come out of a desert, and you come out of a wilderness, and you come out of a hard time, you're going to find yourself speaking stuff you never knew before that desert. You're going to find yourself declaring things you never knew, coming through law and heartbreak in my life I can say to you today when I'm out speaking and someone say where did you get your boldness I knew you at Lee you didn't have that confidence I knew you back then I said well I knew you back then too anyway Where did you get your confidence from? I'll say it was not Lee University. It was not even being raised by the most awesome parents in the world and their parents and their parents. It was in the midst of a fiery trial that I found my courage. It was in the middle of a desert. For Deborah said, you have made me bold with courage in my soul. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. So Morris starts finding himself doing chords he never heard. His heavy foot on that old-fashioned piano was pressing in. And he began to sing, be bold, be strong, 
For the Lord thy God is with you. We used to sing in the early days, remember, Michael? Be bold, be strong, for the Lord thy God is with you. I am not afraid, no, I am not dismayed. I'm walking in faith and victory. I'm walking in faith and victory. For the Lord, my God, is with me. Oh, give Jesus a hand clap. Yes, tears streaming down his face, foot heavy on the pedal. He knew once again that he was right where he was called to be. You see, that was an anthem of the church. We sang that here back in the days of Hosanna Integrity. We played that song, Be Bold, Be Strong. This church would go wild, and churches all over the world would go wild. You see, out of that time of him saying, Give me back my mountain, God said, I will give it to you. I will use your desert experience. I will bring something inside of you and out of you you never thought possible if you'll just say, I refuse to give up. Give me my mountain. Come on, somebody. And I tell you, I have to say this. We went to a large worship conference back when I led worship. Kelly and Chris Vernon and, and many others out in Dallas. And Morris Chapman got up. I still have to cry. You can't find this song anywhere. But he just goes up to the keys, and this is a room full of thousands of worship leaders. That's a hard gig. He, it was a hard gig. He goes up to the keyboards, and he, he, he just had a master with the chords. He's gone on to heaven now, and he began to sing, I will run to you in the secret place. I remember your mercy and your grace. But most of all, I want to see your face. And when he did, I was slapped down on my face. Everyone in the room were on their knees because that's the song of someone who had to fight to get back up again and again and again. That's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Be careful what you pray for. If you want mountain-moving faith, you may have to go through the desert and the wilderness, but the song that comes out is a song in the night. It's a song that heals. It's a song that delivers, and I'm speaking of your life as that song someone give Jesus a hand clap of praise Graham Kendrick another psalmist penned the words give me this mountain I will not be turning back give me this mountain for your glory we have walked the wilderness and we've proved you're faithful and we've known your presence but the race is not yet run and battles is still to be won but in your strength I'm strong I want you to say in your strength I'm strong Give me this mountain. I will not be turning back for your glory. Give me this mountain. Jesus' blood has overcome, so I'm not quitting till I'm done. Can you say amen? Come on, give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. So the story is built upon Numbers 13. Some of you will recognize. I've often used it when I'm speaking about words. In Joshua 13, Moses sent the spies out. Everyone say 12 spies. We went to the land when they came back. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Now, the funny thing is the fruit is so big that they all have it on a pole. This is not a little thing of grapes from Publix. Come on, somebody. It was grapes are about the size because it came from Hebron. Eventually, it'll be named Hebron, about the size of golf balls. And it's so heavy, they're having to carry it back in. But they said, but, everyone say, but. 
the land, the giants, they're strong, they're powerful. But then Caleb quieted the people down. Everyone say Caleb. And he said, let's go up at once. Let's take possession for we are well able to overcome. You must say over yourself today to give me this mountain. I am well able because God is with me. Someone say amen. And the others gave the children of Israel a bad report. Everyone say a bad report. You see, this lot had been given. Pastor Todd, would you come take this, sir? This lot, and just keep it with you. This lot had been given to the children of Israel. This inheritance, this land. Abraham was buried in this land. Isaac was buried in this land. Jacob. This land, in Hebrews 6, it says, when God swore to Abraham, he lifted his own hand and swore by himself because there was no one greater. And God said, this shall be yours. It already belonged to them. But when they went into it, all they could see was the giants. Let me tell you this morning, there comes a time in a few minutes, Caleb's going to run the giants out of that land and rename it. And there comes a time in your life, you've got to do what Caleb says and say to worry. This land does not belong to you. You've got to say to fear, this land does not belong to you. You've got to say to shame, this land does not belong to you. You've got to say to insecurity, to bitterness, to doubt and strife, this land does not belong to you. It was sealed at Calvary by the blood of Jesus. God swore by himself that I have an inheritance. Somebody give Jesus a shout of praise. They went on to say, but there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. And you'll always have giants of Anak in your promised land. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Yeah. You see, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. No one interviewed the giants and said, how do you feel about the Israelites? How do you see them? Oh, personally, we see them like grasshoppers. No, that was never said. It was in their own mind, in their own heart. They saw themselves defeated before they ever stood foot into the land. We've got to stop seeing ourselves defeated. It's how they saw themselves. It's what they heard from the giants. We've got to see ourselves as conquerors in Jesus Christ, that we are well able. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise. You got to see yourself as well able at the workforce, well able in the family, well able to dream the big dream. It was how they saw that. Do you ever go into one of those places, Pammy? I'm sure y'all have those carnivals where they have distorted mirrors. Oh, it's a lot of fun at first. I remember telling my mama, Mama, come over here, look at yourself. You know, as a little child, look at yourself, Mama. My mama, who was always on a diet, um, come and stood in front of the mirror. Oh, my God, have mercy. And she would walk off. Because it made her look like she weighed 17,000 pounds. It was a lot of fun until you looked distorted and you didn't even look like yourself. Um, like a lot of people and their filters on their social media. Okay, I'll leave that alone. We don't even know who you are anymore. Reminds me of 2020 when that lawyer was doing a Zoom call and he put on that filter of Snapchat of a cat. And he couldn't get the face off of himself. And he was trying to convince the judge. I mean, it went viral. It's me. I promise it's me. And it was a big kitty face. 
filters can distort your perception about you, about God, and about others. And their filter was distorted. And they saw the fortified cities, the walled cities. But you see, when a city had walls, it meant it was fortified. And what they were saying is, how can I take the promise? Because there's a giant in a stronghold in what God said was mine. Look at your neighbor and say, it's still yours. It's still yours. There's a giant in the fortified place of the children you're praying for. There's a giant, amen. There's a giant in the fortified place of the work that you're working. There's a giant about your future that's saying to you, I have a stronghold inside of your promise. Josephus said, the giants were hard to see, but was what was worse was to hear them speak. Because their voice would thunder. Just like that mic went off during praise and worship this morning. Like, ooh, where's, where's Jesus at? You ever been somewhere and there's a big loud noise? You're a queen of England. Never been with her, but I can dream. And all of a sudden something goes crazy. You go, ooh, what was that? The voice. Be careful what you're listening to. Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Come on, somebody. And what they were trying to get them to focus on, the two good spies, if you don't know the story, Joshua and Caleb, focus on the fruit. We'll get to that in a moment. Focus on what God wants you to overcome. You know, the thing that God wants to do in your life, your story of glory, your life and your workplace and your family, what will come out of that? God wants you to focus on the fruit. Focus on the glory. Focus on the peace and the joy and the calmness of mind. You see, many believe that Caleb tasted the grapes. Listen to me. Once you taste what God has for you, you are in a wrestling match to the end to keep it. Not against anybody but yourself self. Come on, somebody. You're in a wrestling match. He saw a vision of what belonged to him. I know that you can never forget it. If you've ever tasted of the peace of God, you will never forget it. If you've ever tasted of the glory of God, I've been in services where I could barely look up. The glory of God was so full. It'll make you hunger for anymore. When you taste the inheritance that God has given you, the joy, the breakthrough anointing, the salvation, you will never be the same and that's why we have to say with Caleb, I have tasted and seen that you are good. And I don't want to taste the things of the world. I want to be satisfied by what you give me. I want to taste and see and have everything you have promised me. Somebody give him a praise. But the spies, the other ten gave the, the uh, I say the church, but gave the children of Israel kind of like church, a bad report, a contagiously bad report, one paraphrase says. It's more contagious than any virus made in China. Okay, I'm backing out of that. It's more contagious than anything you would fear getting. A bad report is contagious. This is the deal, and hear me. I'll slow down for a moment to say this. Instead of giving the facts, the ten spies that said we are not able, the giants are too big, we can't do this, we're not able. Instead of just giving the facts, this all exists there. Yes, it does. The giants are there, they're fortified cities. They gave their conclusions. 
about what would happen. I wonder in our life, what have we based conclusions on a lie that we have elevated above the promise of God? Come on, somebody. I wonder what good report and bad report are wrestling inside of us because whichever one you're feeding the most is going to be the strongest. Whichever one you're listening to is going to be the strongest. You see, you and I this morning are given a glimpse into new dimensions of peace, victory, revival, good change. Just make this where you live into our future. And we have two voices speaking at all time. One voice says... You were created, Monica, to experience all of this. You were created, Michael, to have all of this. But the other voice says, you are not able. It won't work for you. Whose report shall you believe? We shall believe the report. Hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah and give him praise. The thing is, you're going to watch in a moment, Caleb, do what they could have done 40 years earlier. They could have done that. They could have driven the giants out. You're going to watch what they could have done, but their voices in their head and their perception, that distorted mirror, told them, you can't. You see, they were both right. The ten spies said, we can't. Joshua and Caleb said, we can. And they both were right. These didn't, and they had an untimely death that I won't go into this morning. Don't let the death of your dreams come because you're believing that voice that says that business will not kick off. Don't let the voice of discouragement that says your marriage will never make it. Don't let that voice that says you'll never get out of this present trial. Listen to the voice of the Lord. Can I get an amen in this house? Here's the thing. Caleb won with the same hand that had been dealt Israel. He won. Sometimes we think the hand that I've been dealt, I'm speaking in terms of cards, like if you were dealing cards, you know, go fish. No poker people. Go fish. Old maid. You know, I can't win with this hand that I'm dealing with. I'm going to tell you, when I feel that way, my daddy was a good person, still is, to bring me into perspective. I think about Joni Erickson Tata, who is paralyzed in her whole body and is a prolific painter, author, and a speaker. She can do it without being able to walk. And here I am grumbling and mumbling and complaining when I have legs at work and arms at work. Can I get an amen? Nick Vujic, I've shown him many times, was born with no arms and no legs. He has a beautiful family. He has three children. He's on TV all the time preaching the good news of Jesus. When I think if I'd been dealt a better hand, if I'd had his mom or her daddy, I don't think that. I'm just trying to feel it. If I had their this and if I had their this, the Lord reminds me there are people winning that have less than you have, and they are killing it for the kingdom. Stop making excuses and get up and say, I am well. Abel, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Okay, the giants, let me be pastor for a moment. The giants and the sound. I'll tell you something I learned years ago. A scripture, it says, Job 23 and 1. Does not the ear, everyone say the ear, test words as the mouth test food? Now, this is interesting. I don't know if you've ever been here, but you ever drank some blinky milk? I mean, really bad blinky milk. I mean, you don't care if, if, you don't care if you're with the president, Oprah, or the archbishop of Canterbury, I don't even know if that exists. 
But if, if you drink a little blinky milk, I mean, one time, Pam, I bit into the wrong kind of pepper. Pastor Hank was the only one to witness it. It was, it was wrong labeled at Publix. And I ate it. I went running and screaming. I mean, he's just chased me. Honey, I can't help you. And I'm just screaming. I was like, Google, Google, Google. I mean, I couldn't breathe. But the pepper was so hot, I was freaking out. I was Googling, eat bread, eat milk. I was throwing them all down. Pastor said he'd never seen me move so fast with a group of food before. But if you've ever ate a bad piece of chicken at a five-star restaurant, never Ruth or Chris, of course, but you're somewhere and you eat something bad, you got to get it out of your mouth. Am I right? The ear should be the same way that you test words that are set to defeat you. Whether you're speaking it or someone else, Satan will try to deceive you to harm yourself with your own words and run your mouth against yourself. That's what they did. We are as grasshoppers. You see, we make ourselves miserable or we can make ourselves strong. The amount of work is the same. Choose wisely. We can use our mouth to prophesy. You see, a baby will pick up a, a baby rattle. All little babies love them. You know, they make noise until you, you know, act like, oh, it, it went away. We don't know where the rattle exists. He went swimming in the deep ocean with Dora, but we're not going to go find it right now because it drove you crazy. Can I get an amen? They love that rattle. But a baby's rattle sounds the same as the rattle of a rattlesnake. That's where it came from. One brings death and one brings joy. Do not go by the sound of the earth sound, the sound of fear, death, destruction, the venom of unbelief to kill you. Go by the yes and amen in Christ Jesus. When you hear yourself quoting and speaking the things that God says, when you say, I am able, you're speaking what the Word said. And every week we've had a different stone. The stone today that we throw against this giant is the simple stone of the recorded Scripture that's so famously popular. I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans of hope and a future and not to harm you what you begin to do is pick up with your words the stone of I know I've got a problem I know there's a giant in my land but I'm not going to measure it by myself I'm going to measure it by the God who is saving forgiving transforming delivering what he says he will back up come on somebody what he calls me to do he will empower me by his grace he has never failed, and he is not going to fail now. Somebody give him a shout of praise. Joshua and Caleb broke out of the pack and believed the promises of God. They believed what would be written later, Joel 3 and 10. Let the weak say, let the poor say. That's right. It doesn't say, let the weak say, I'm not going to make it. It doesn't say, let the poor say, I don't have anything. It's, we all get into the flesh. Look at your neighbor say, get out of that flesh. Pastor Hank and I had a little practice called duct tape. And I'd hand him the duct tape. He goes, are you about to say something? I said, I am. So just duct tape my mouth. He said, honey, I can't do that to you. I said, well, just imagine that you did and we can't do it. Because sometimes you got to have it out with yourself. The violent take the kingdom by force. And sometimes the person you've got to get violent with is your own self. And you've got to say to yourself, I'm going to starve my doubt and I'm going to feed my faith. I'm going to conquer myself and my negative mind and my negative word. I'm going to tell you, the devil doesn't need any help. 
help. We help them alone on our, come on now. Instead of rehearsing past victories and loudly, boldly proclaiming the promises of God, we begin to speak death over ourselves. We begin to speak, my life is mediocre. My life is little. I told you if I told Pastor Hank, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. He'd say, if you ever say that again in this house, I'm throwing every knife out of this house. And I looked at him, he goes, you are the sharpest knife in the drawer. In fact, you're the sharpest knife I've ever encountered. You could cut through hell with a razor blade. Come on, somebody. But I love what he was saying is don't speak negative. We get into patterns, patterns we've learned from our family. But when Sir Hillary came down from Mount Everest and they're interviewing him, I mean, they're mind boggled about his feet and reporters are just shooting questions right and left. He said, it was not the mountain we conquered. It was ourself. You and I have got to conquer ourselves. Can you say Amen. Negativity is the devil's language spoken by those who have his perspective. When we speak negative, for nothing is impossible with God. I still got a while to journey, a while. But Chris, if you'll come set an atmosphere. It's 11.43. Look at your neighbor and say, don't, don't think she's fixing to end because she's trying to trick you here. What you've got to do is start speaking. When the enemy, your personal giant, comes against you, tries to make you feel like a grasshopper in his sight, remind him, God is aware of every moment in my life. He bottles my tears. He orders my steps. He numbers the hair on my head. He knows my joy. He knows my sorrow. Nothing I face is ever too small of no interest to my God. Every detail of my life matters to him. I rest assured knowing that he has covered me and is constantly watching over me. I abide in the shadow of the... Almighty God, and the enemy cannot tear down my dwelling place. I am covered by the blood of Jesus, and warring angels are encamped around me. And my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And no one has been able to pull a name out of there. So when you come against me, my heavenly Father will say back to you, no weapon formed against my people will prosper. I am more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Someone give him a shout of praise. Here's the deal. It says in Deuteronomy 26 and 8 that the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and you know it's coming, in an outstretched arm. I can only go this far, but God just simply stretched his arm and brought Israel out. A million plus. And with great, terrible things against their enemy. And with signs and wonders. I'm ready to see some signs and wonders. Anybody? I like it when a battle is turned back at the gate with signs and wonders. I've had those battles to happen. Where signs and wonders turned them back. By strength of his hand. You see, but there they are. And they get that bad report that was so contagious. And the Bible says that they cried all night. All night. It's not a bunch of women, people. You don't want to just say us women cry. This was men, women, and children. Wailed all night. The bad report infected them. I've cried a few nights when a bad report affected me. Anybody else? I've been fearful. All of these things. But they forgot to steward the miracles. Oh, they learned. If you study the Israel people all the way today, they learned how to steward God's miracles. They learned how to recount those miracles. But what they forgot is a song we used to sing in the early days. He didn't bring us out of Egypt to take us back again. He brought us out to take us in to the promised land someone say the promised land to whatever the Lord has for you is your promised land 
That's why we recount testimonies and we say them here. In that moment, they should have said, where's Miriam with a tambourine? Because when we crossed the Red Sea, everybody was dancing and singing. The Lord has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider, he is thrown into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord. We should sing that too. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider. Someone say the horse and the rider. But nobody could remember that song. Because when you're up against something like that, they didn't remember the Red Sea. They didn't remember all God had done. The God who did not fail them is then is the God who will not fail you now. Look at your neighbor and say that. Say the God who did not fail you then will not fail you now. You want to freak your children out sometime, Devin? Get them up for the sun rises. Get them out to the front porch. Sit them. They say, why are we waiting on mama? God's going to do it again. What's God going to do? Oh, he's going to do it again. And all of a sudden you watch the sunrise and the darkness dispel. And you say, glory, he did it again. Then at nighttime when they're watching their favorite TV show, turn off the TV and take them out as the sun is going down and saying, you think this is small, but if you knew the scientific reasoning behind this, you would know that a God who cannot fail to bring the sun up in the morning and bring it down at night is the same God who's going to give everything that God has promised me. Give him a hand clap of praise in this room. So listen to this. Caleb then was trapped. Everyone say trapped. For 40 years with a group of whiners. I mean, Michael, he's, he's the one that said, we are well able. Let's do this. Yeah, there's giants out there, but God already gave us the deed. And there's this incredible fruit that's going to come through our lives if we continue. But because the whole nation mourned, they had to wander for 40 years. And you thought your work environment was bad. Come on, somebody. It was a place he did not want to be. I'm speaking to someone this morning. He could have cursed his circumstance. He could have packed his bags out. Just going in there by myself. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going somewhere around from these whiny, faithless people. Come on! You ever do that? I want to ask you this morning. Can you, like Caleb, trek through desert and wildernesses in your life on the way to your promise? In the middle of a desert, can you keep going? When everything around you looks so far, can you hold on to evidently what Caleb held on to, that something better is waiting on me? Someone say, something better is waiting on me. Listen, I'm almost done. Listen, he remained loyal. He remained faithful among faithless people. He held on to his promise. He had gotten a vision I worry about us as a grandmother, 60-year-old mama. I worry in this society that we don't know how to wait on anything. Like I said Wednesday night, a plane is delayed five minutes and we're going to fly at lightning speed across the world that our ancestors only dreamed about. But we're so mad it's five minutes late. We're so used to microwaving everything. We're so used to wanting things done immediately. Our children have scrolled from the time they're little. They try to fast forward everything. I am concerned that we are losing that Caleb generation that says, if I have 
to live with these people in the desert for 40 years. I saw my mountain. I tasted of the grapes. I saw what God said was mine. And I don't care how many times these people murmur, complain, build idols in the desert. I'm going to stay true. God is looking for some people that will not compromise and stay loyal and say, I'm going to keep going forward regardless of that which I walked through. Somebody give him a shout of praise so before I end with an illustration a verbal one Caleb went in and he said I'm taking it all back now I've talked to several what I consider scholars the last few days I'm blessed to have these wonderful relationships in my life and they all agree that the word says what happened he drove them out he didn't even have to fight them do you get it yeah think about it he drove them out I mean, he just went to them. You know, that looked like your mama got, this is mine. This is my land. This belongs to us. Abraham's buried here. Isaac's buried here. Jacob's buried here. Well, I got some news for you. This may be an evil word, but the blood of Jesus dripped on this ground called planet earth. And his blood still speaks today. Somebody give Jesus the praise. You see, the burden can be heavy. We lose our zeal or our aggression. But then we wake up one morning or several mornings and something feels different. And we get that, I'm going to take it all back, eye of the tiger. Oh, it's happened to me many times. Turned in my resignation, defeated myself, had a pity party. And then the next morning, I can't tell you what happened, but the Spirit of the Lord came in the night. I didn't see Him. I didn't hear Him. I didn't know He was there. I believe angels were dancing and rejoicing around my head. Saying that little girl's going to get back up tomorrow. She feels like hell is crushing her to the ground. And her life, her ministry is over. But when she wakes up, heaven is going to visit her again. And he says that about you. Give him the best praise this morning. Hallelujah. And we drive those giants out of the land. He didn't negotiate. He didn't mediate. He didn't say, hey, let's talk about this. You take a corner. Listen, that was so strong about Hezekiah in the time of war when uh, Sennacherib said, make a deal with me. Make a peace treaty with me. I'll give you a land like yours. It'll be like yours, but it won't be yours. If you'll just stop resisting. Remember the story of Pastor Billy? You'll, you'll love this. And he was praying for the little deaf boy. And Satan whispered in his ear and said, if you back off, you'll back off. I'll back off of you. If you'll back off, I'll back off of you. Things will get easier. You can't hear all of this. You can see it on a tape that he showed us. But you can see him with his fingers heading toward the boy's ears. And he just kind of pauses. Because we all pause for a moment. And then he yells out. Nobody knows, Pammy, what he's saying. He says, no deal, devil. No deal. Come on. Come on. He puts his fingers in that little boy who has never heard in his life. And instantaneously, that boy begins to heal. God is looking for some no-deal giant people in here that say, I'm not going to make a deal. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to agree with you. I don't want a land like mine. I want what God said is mine. Give me my mountain. Give me my victory. Give me my joy. Give me my peace. 
Give me everything that's coming. Stand up and praise him. And I've got one more thing I need to do. Come on, stand up and praise him. Listen, sounds crazy, and I'm done when I'm done with this. Sounds crazy for a man at 85 to take the mountain. Hang with me. Sounds crazy for you to believe that even now. But God can fulfill his purposes through you. So listen to this. Sounds crazy. Sounded crazy when Noah built the ark. And they said, why are you building the ark? Because it's going to rain. What's rain? I don't know, but God said it's coming. It sounded crazy when Moses reached out the rod over the Red Sea and thought the word would accomplish something. Sounded crazy when you picture Sarah walking through the maternity section of Walmart as an elderly woman picking out her baby's clothes. It sounds crazy, David facing the enemy of a giant with a slingshot and five stones. It sounds crazy when Joshua said, we're going to walk seven times around this city that's fortified with walls. And the people inside looked outside and said, those people must be crazy. Sounded crazy when Esther broke protocol to see the king and save her people and see Haman hung on his gallows. It sounded crazy when Caleb refused his retirement package at 85 and said, take me into the promised land. It sounded crazy when the wise man kept following a star going to see a Messiah. It sounded crazy when Peter stepped out of a boat with no surface. Sounded crazy when a little boy tried to feed a multitude with loaves and fish. Sounded crazy when blind boys Bartimaeus kept crying out, God, open my eyes. It sounded crazy when a teenager named Mary said, I'm pregnant, and an angel did it. It sounded crazy when Jesus hung on a cross to an unbelieving generation, except, everyone say except. Are you ready to turn that around? Except it did rain, and Noah saved mankind in an ark. Except Moses did divide the Red Sea, and one psalmist said the water's on like a side of heap divided. It sounded crazy except Sarah did get her promised son and she brought him forth because she judged God who is faithful. Sounded crazy except David did kill Goliath. The walls of Jericho did come down. Esther did save her people. Caleb did get his mountain. The wise men did find the Messiah. Peter did walk on water. Blind Bartimaeus did see and Mary did get give birth to Jesus and Jesus Christ saved mankind and redeemed us all and on the third day he rose again and he's coming again in glory his name is faithful and true somebody praise him I'm done preaching come on somebody praise him somebody praise him in this house hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, whatever the mountain is, Lord, in a moment we're going to lift our hand. Maybe there's several. It might be our ministry, might be a prayer we're waiting to be answered. Revival, ministry be birthed, home healed, job secured. Lord, you're so practical. We want that mountain that you said is ours. We have the inheritance. Lord God, we want to wait, believing there's something worth waiting for. But Lord, we want to speak to that mountain and say, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. You may think I'm delayed because all but daddy, I'm sure the sons of Anak, the giants thought that Caleb that spied us out. 
He's been delayed. He changed his mind. But for 40 years, he kept walking in the wilderness, remembering what it tasted like to taste of the goodness of God. And he knew that was his. So this morning, we're coming for those mountains. We don't know when they will be put in our hands. We don't know when the land will belong to us. But we know we will not be defeated in a wilderness, in a dry place, in a hard place. But we will keep declaring, give me my mountain now all over this room just lift your hand for whatever that is whatever that is father see these hands read these hearts lord you know what they're not even saying lord in fact some of them some things will come to their mind this afternoon that's just the way you work lord truly as you brought a song out of morris chapman and so many other songs that changed my life and still changed my life i thank you you didn't let him give up lord I thank you, Lord, that you rushed in to make him want his mountain. So this morning, for whatever hand is lifted, Lord, let us hold on steadfast. Give us that mountain. For some of this room is peace. Some need sleep. To them, it's a mountain. Some need courage. Some need physical healing. Some, it's a job. It's a ministry. He's taking that step out of the boat. And Lord, fear is knocking at their door, Lord. Let them declare today, this is my mountain in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to count to three. And just as an act of faith, and then we're going to be done, I want us to say with each other, give me my mountain. Are you ready? I'll count to three. One, two, three. Give me my mountain. Now praise him as if it's done. One more time. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Shout with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I pray you take this word. I probably look like I've been through church. That's how I was raised, and it's all good. And you go forth and declare. It's one thing to declare it here, but you declare it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You declare it. I tell you what hit me so strong, Brother Perry, was 40 years he wandered with people he didn't want to be with. He actually was kind of looked like defeated because of them. You get that? But God, no one in your life can defeat you. God gets the last word. God gets the last word. And when he came to that land, Pastor Ramon, they saw him coming. I guess they remembered him or their children remembered him. And the giants just walked off. He drove them out without a slingshot, without a sword. He just stood there and said, you have taken what is mine long enough. I think the desert puts a hunger in you. I think a trial puts a courage in you. I think things you've gone through puts a new level in you. And you're like, I'm not dealing with that kind of stupidity anymore. Can I get an amen? 